analytical and kind of, you know, put a lot of thought into his picks. Um, so I, I was always able to kind of say, these are the two guys I want to target and be able to, to, to kind of look at a few different things. Um, Stack-wise, uh, my team was way different than I normally. I normally target tight ends. I uh, walked away from one of my 12 players as a tight end. I can't even start one of my 12 players because I drafted three quarterbacks. But um, with no negative points and the .25 points per rushing attempt, uh, ended up with Fields and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Um, I like I like the potential there. And you were drafted out of the sixth spot. Um, I was drafted out of the eighth spot. So that was kind of where we were. So we were a pick apart. Um, in there for for those, uh, yeah. The analytical guy was kind of between us because he was at you were at six. He was at five. He, he was right before me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he was at five, and then we had another guy who was all. He seemed to be fairly spreadsheet heavy, but he didn't kind of know what he was doing too much, um, just because he was a last minute replacement. Somebody's um, somebody spouse who came up with COVID, and so we had to have like a last minute replacement this morning. Guy drove all the way from Chicago to St. Louis to to be in this. So. Pretty impressive on his part to make that drive. <coughs> things were things were pretty juicy in that first round. Uh, there was a potential. Uh, Travis Kelsey dropped to the fifth pick. Um, with it being tight end premium, I, I was I was licking my chops. Uh, Doug wanted to see if I could make it to the draft board in record time uh, to throw Travis Kelsey up there. But I heard his boner hit the bottom of the table. I did. Lo and behold, uh, he did not go. I went. Uh, Justin Fields over Lamar Jackson, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised because even at eight, I wasn't going to take Justin Fields if he dropped to me, just because I I want to see him do it for a year before I take him at 108 in a position like this. That to me was, I get it with the rushing upside, but it was just, that's a little bit of a reach. I would have been happy taking him at 205, but not at 108. I felt that was a little high. So I had him at number six on my draft board. The only player that went before him I did not have ahead of him uh, was Burrow. I did have Lamar Jackson, uh, but I kind of been thinking the last couple of days, you know, uh, about fields over Jackson, and ultimately, you know, I just kind of went with my gut. I just we kind of talked about on our way down there how I'm kind of worried about uh, with that, that big contract maybe they'll try to, to protect him a little bit more and Fields rushed for a thousand yards last year. Um, that that's a really big deal in this format. Yeah, I guess for me the thing would be that he's not going to um, maybe rush as much now. He's got some better weapons. A lot of that rushing came from broken plays. The offensive line is better. You know, those types of things. He's got better people to throw to on the outside. So maybe those numbers come back to earth a little bit um, on the rushing side. Uh, for me at the one hundred eight, I took Mark Andrews with my first pick. Which raised, I think, maybe an eyebrow or two in there just because it might have been a little bit early for him. But in a tight end premium kind of format, the way that the Scott Fishbowl is, I wanted to grab kind of the second best tight end. I My concern was if I didn't take him at 108 and then he doesn't make it back to me at 205, then I'm waiting for maybe a second tier a tight end that wasn't as good or that I wouldn't have been as happy with. And I didn't want to do that. Now, thankfully what happened was later on, I decided to pull the trigger on George Kittle, um, which happened, which turned out to be kind of advantageous. But at that time, you don't know that. So I decided to, to play it with the, take the tight end advantage and then work with 
my quarterback from there. I grabbed Dak at the 205. Probably not the guy I really wanted, if I'm being honest with everybody. Um, if I had to do it over again, I probably should have taken Herbert at the 205 or at the 108 and then grabbed somebody else at the 205. But I did what I did. I have to live with the Dak. With Dak. I was hoping to stack it with C.D. Lamb, but he got snagged um, before I was really willing to take a wide receiver. The problem with this format is it benefits, to me, tight ends and quarterbacks so much that I will generally – I was not going to take a top-tier wide receiver anytime soon. I was going to wait on that until round five, six, seven, eight, and by that time, anybody who's going to I'm going to have that's worth a damn to stack with for my guys was going to be long gone. So that I had to make that kind of decision, kind of live with that up front. You did save me from starting my draft with Justin Fields and Dak Prescott, so I do appreciate that. Uh, you know. Last year, I kind of ended up in a situation where I didn't know who I was starting at running back from week to week. My team was pretty good at quarterback, pretty good at wide receiver. Um, and I kind of played the waiver wire with tight end, which I think unless you're able to get uh, one of those top tier guys, you're going to kind of do that anyway. Um, I'm hoping Dalton Schultz, who I did end up getting at tight end, pays off. Um, but I rooted my team at running back, so um, I'm kind of looking forward to knowing who I'm starting at running back and wide receiver most weeks. Well, actually, let's talk about that for your for your quarterbacks. Just because I didn't realize this until just now until I'm looking at this. I have the same bye week on Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. No, you have two rookie quarterbacks and Justin Fields, and Justin Fields <laughs> who's, who's technically kind of an unproven dude. So you've got three semi-unknowns at your quarterback spot. Are you – was that kind of – you know, what's your, what's kind of your thinking there? Did you realize that either? I, I did. I, I really – Fields was kind of my target. I've been saying to a couple of people all week um, that I probably was going to end up with Justin Fields. Um, so I'm not surprised that I got him. As far as the other two, it kind of just laid out to, to best player available. And um, I think I got Stroud in like the 11th or maybe even the back end of the 12th. And I had him as a ninth round pick. Um, it just kind of got to the, I can't really let him sit out there anymore. And I do want to mention you, the, the Mark Andrews thing that you were talking about. We were kind of talking, I was talking about this with one of the other people at the draft and ADP, which is something we all follow, um, especially with the Scott Fishbowl of, of where the other people have drafted him. It's kind of an odd construct because of the way that the draft board is, is set up and all about not necessarily like reaching round wise from a guy. But if a guy has like a, like for you, if, if Mark Andrews has a 2 4. ADP and you want him, why don't you take him at 1-8? You know what I mean? He's not going to get to you likely at 2-5. Averages say not. So it's a weird construct. Uh, there's a lot of smart people who are in these leagues. Yeah, and that's a lot of the reason why I like to go either at the start of the draft or the end of the draft. I like to be on those turn positions so that I don't have to worry about those kinds of choices. I'm generally making two picks at the same time or make a pick, have two picks made, and then make another pick um, just so that, you know, I'm doing my stuff kind of in pairs. Having multiple people between me, having basically kind of six picks between picks for me, and then eight picks or whatever it is going the other way, that is...
or was it the third round? Yeah, it was the third round. I grabbed Tua um, on the board. I think I was the was I the first person to take two quarterbacks? I believe. I mean, Tua was a target for me in that uh, that third round as well. Um, you getting to pick before me, obviously, you got him. Uh, you know, the big thing is in, in these leagues is you have to go a little bit different. Uh, you starting tight end quarterback, quarterback, especially with uh, two quarterbacks that are a little bit more mobile as well, could pay off well for you. Yeah, that was kind of my hope was I kind of, you know, so kind of, yeah, maybe a couple extra points in there. Um, I think that in the fourth round is when I landed Kittle. Uh, felt really good about that. I wasn't really kind of planning to go kind of double tight end. I had seen some of the other mocks in the 108 drafts, uh, in the 108 Twitter discussion, um, where people had kind of done that. But they generally went kind of what they were calling bully tight end, where they would go t- double tight end on their first two picks. So they would take like Andrews at 108 and then Hawk at like 205. I didn't really want to do that. But Kittle sitting there in the fourth round, I was like, I can't kind of turn that down. Um, I wanted really kind of that piece. Uh, that was a, there was a big enough bump with him um, that I felt like that was a good roll of the dice, even if he's hurt for a couple of weeks this season, which he generally tends to be. I like kind of I like that dice roll uh, there for him. I followed that up with Debo as my first um, wide receiver off the board, just because Debo provides all that flexibility. Um, you know, he's going to get some pass. He's go- obviously going to get a lot of passes. He's also going to get some runs in there as well, maybe less than he would have with Christian McCaffrey. But he's going to get points in multiple ways, and that's what I was looking for is kind of that flexibility to, to do that. So with those kind of first five rounds, kind of the first half of that, I felt kind of good of where I was sitting. Um, in terms of that. Now, I didn't have a running back yet. They were going off the board. I wasn't crazy about that. I kept, like, looking at people. I was when I, Before I took Kittle, I was actually thinking about Saquon, but Saquon went, like, way earlier. So that was – and somebody had snagged Chubb. That was a Browns fan. So I was like, okay, well, those guys were out the door. And so that's why I decided to kind of kick running back to, to later on down the road. Once you moved over into, I'm waiting for my iPad to open back up so I can see kind of what Deej did here. Um, your running back position is kind of interesting. So you grabbed Jonathan Taylor early on. Yeah, second round pick. And then you also got Najee, which is which is nice too because he's going to get a lot of a lot of run there. But the one I kind of want to talk about those two guys obviously are going to be kind of the two big ones. But rolling the dice on Alvin Kamara late in the draft. Um, that was actually kind of a good pick. I was kind of waiting to see kind of where he would go. Kind of wanted to, I was thinking about pulling the trigger on him, but I, I wanted to kind of wait until that 10-ish round, and obviously I don't think he was going to make it. Yeah, he was – it was right around where I had him. I, I don't want to use the word mocked. I didn't do mock drafts. I, don't, I didn't do it. I did one. Um, but he was right around where I kind of had him ranked, where I took him. Um, he has the potential he could be the number one running back overall in fantasy, um, especially in this kind of format where uh, guys benefit from touching the ball a ton. So I really wanted to, to snag him as he kept nosediving. Honestly, I, I was rubbernecking a little bit, and the guy next to me was Googling him, and I thought I had zero chance of grabbing him. Uh, but it was it was nice to, nice, to, nice to grab him, especially as my fourth running back, uh, having Jonathan Taylor, Najee, uh, who I'm very high on. Kenneth Walker, who should get about 15, 20 carries uh, a game. Uh, so having Kamara, it's kind of a low risk at wide receiver four. Um, I don't, wouldn't have to per se need him to, to, to 
start every week. Um, I felt pretty happy with my wide receiver position as well. So um, it was worth taking that gamble. Yeah, your yeah your your running backs are now. Did you pull four running backs? I only grabbed two, and mine were late, so I kind of played more of a uh, zero RB kind of strategy, which I tend to do for for the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, I took James Conner and DeAndre Swift both very late, um, and immediately once they took it, drew from uh, fantasy fantasy in, frames. Fantasy and frames uh, immediately goes. All right, man. He's like, tell me your thinking behind this. Because he's like, I can see this kind of going both ways. And I wanted to jump. Uh, I needed a running back, and he was kind of the best one left. That was my thinking. That's where I kind of got with my running backs. I didn't initially plan on drafting four of them. But it's like as we kept going on, as I'm looking at my color-coded draft board that I had set up, you know, just every, everybody was in blue. You know what I mean? And so it was kind of hard not to take them. Yeah, that's funny. Speaking of like the draft boards, everybody has, everybody always does their cheat sheets kind of differently. In fact, before we went down, was it Friday that you texted me that? Yeah. Yeah, Friday, te- Deej texted me and he goes, "I was born in 1991. I do everything on pencil, on pen and paper. You were born before in the Reagan administration, and you do everything on the computer." Um, which is kind of the way that you know we we are kind of contrasting in that way. But a lot of folks were like that. Everybody kind of had, kind of you know the older folks kind of had like. Um, you know the pen, the pen and paper. They kind of had their their cheat sheets all printed out. The younger generation tended to have um, you know spreadsheets and Excel and Excel docs and all that kind of stuff on their computers. And then you had Nate from Fantasy and Frames, who was just out there freeballing with his with his with his cell phone. With his cell phone. I'm just yeah. like, man, you are a crazy like person. Seven beers deep, and he's like, <laughs> and his team turned out uh, pretty good. I'm pretty excited for this this division. I don't think. Uh, so far, really, there there are no lightweights in this division. No, I, I don't think anybody's teams like where I'm like, man, they're definitely going to finish last. Uh, Scott Fishbowl is just so fun because of the way it's set up that anything could happen. Um, yeah, that's exactly that's that's part of the appeal of it. On it, top it, of the fact that it's huge. Yeah, and building your team in a different way and it's for a good cause. It's just everything about the Scott Fishbowl is, is amazing, and, and having the opportunity to sit down with you know for both of us to sit down with 10 other people um, who are passionate about fantasy football whether they're you know content creators or or fans you know just people who just want to have a good time and play in this what 2000 person league like it's crazy that's the, the the big inspiration for for doug and i to even launch our choice for dots league because uh, what scott's been able to do through the scott fishbowl and fantasy cares um, has been really awesome yeah, absolutely. And and just talking about roster construction, you could make a case for, as I kind of look through all these different rosters here on the site, you could make a case for any one of these teams finishing first, and you could make a t- case for any one of these teams finishing dead last. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I was even looking at my draft from last year, and I'm like, man, how did this team make the quarterfinals? You know, it was just the draft team, and the team I drafted was just so, like, I love how everybody in the room knew who they drafted last year, and I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know where I finished. Uh, Oh, that's right. I was like, I have no idea where I finished. I know I made the playoffs. I have no idea who was on my team. Yeah. (coughs) Shit happened. You know, the big thing with this league, too, is, is, yeah, the draft is fun. The draft matters, but it's really going to be who – Whoever grabs the right guys on the waiver wire too. That's what 
Yeah, and that's what Scott has always said, is that first weekend of waivers, it's going to be whoever pops off in that first week, whoever wins that waiver wire battle where you drop that whole 100 bucks on the running back that pops up out of nowhere, that's going to be the guy that wins your league. So that's kind of the strategy with that thing uh, in there. All right, circling back to our teams. I know nobody cares about your fantasy team, but we're going to talk about them anyway because, like I said, we're stuck in the car. <coughs> For wide receivers, uh, DJ landed with Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, George Pickens, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes, these took, these took two Bears and no Chiefs. I took one Bear, I don't think I, and two 49ers who I hate. So, yeah, like all fair and love and, and Scott Fishbowl. Um, which should be like the secondary catchphrase uh, in here. So, yeah, so that's what – so those are DJ's wide receivers. Then mine ended up – and I – like I said, I kicked those pretty late, um, or I tried to anyway. I ended up with Debo, uh, Chris Godwin, Brandon Cooks, and then Zay Jones was my last pick right before we took off. And that was honestly a dart throw because now we're in – once you get in that 10th round range, everything's kind of just garbage. And I don't really care who I pick at this point. So – yeah, it's kind of a get your guys type of deal. Uh, everybody's kind of a dart throw as you end up 140 players deep. Um, so it's kind of like get the get the guys you think could blow up. Uh, yeah, the guy we were talking about who drove from Chicago, he, he ended up with uh, Kadarius Tony, who could either score zero points or score a billion points this year. Um, so it's all about getting the guys you think that uh, – that could blow up. That's why I'm happy like Alan Kamara and CJ Stroud that late because um, you know they're they're a low risk, uh, high, high reward type of deal. Yeah, there was one guy who took uh, Dalvin Cook even before he landed on a team as his RB one. As his yeah, which which was crazy. And then um, Kirsten, uh, who was who was drafting with us. She grabbed uh, Michael Thomas, which I was like, that will be my last round pick. Well, my last round before my kicker pick, just because I'm like, if you hit, he's that guy that if you hit him, if he comes back and is Michael Thomas, you're going far. But if you get what you got him in the last two years, you know, you need to kind of mitigate those chances um, with that. So you want to make sure that you're drafting him smart, but, you know, 10th round and later, like Dean said, you're just you're looking for dart throws. And I have no problem with with that. Let's not forget how good this thing was. Yes, uh, Pappy's. They brought in Pappy Smokehouse. We were ours was the Pappy Smokehouse division. They brought in Pappy's for us from St. Louis. Amazing, amazing barbecue. DJ and I both be big barbecue guys. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, uh, we had ribs. We had pulled pork. We had I think that was turkey. I had. Um, Mac and cheese, mashed potatoes and gravy, cornbread. Like, we had all the fixings. It was amazing. Did you have the gravy? Oh, yeah, I had the gravy. I'm not oh, a yeah. gravy guy, um, but it was. It looked it, the mashed potatoes were fire. Yes. I even went back and stole a couple of chips of the uh, of the dip that everybody was talking about. Oh, was it good? It was good. I didn't make it back for that because I, I just knew that having to drive, I was not looking forward to driving on a full stomach. So I, mean, I well, probably I, ate, like, a rag of ribs, though. Yeah, well, I drank probably almost the entire two-liter of Coke by myself after having the Jumbo Coke on the way down. Uh, probably wore out their water fountain. Yeah, so. Uh, outside of that uh, last category, obviously we'll talk about tight ends. Like I said, I managed Andrews, Kittle, and I actually landed Cole Komet as well. Um, 
that's because Deej, I was actually going to grab Dil- Dalton Schultz until Deej grabbed him from me um, a couple of picks before I went. And I went, shit. And then I looked um, on the on the ranks. I'm like, oh, there's Cole Komet. Well, that works out. So I grabbed Cole Komet for my, for my third tight end, and I was kind of happy with that. So to have three kind of quality tight ends in a Scott Fishbowl, the tight end premium setting, um, I'm very happy with, with those guys that are going to get a lot of uh, use and a lot of production with those. Um, yeah, tight end got away from me. Yeah, I was going to say, Schultz in, in Houston, you know, I guess he's the, the main target now. CJ got two, two stacks, CJ Stroud and, and Dalton Schultz and Justin Fields and DJ Moore, okay? Uh, one of those, definitely, I prefer to the other. I'll let you guess which ones yeah, I, those are. You know, if you've ever, ever played in a fantasy football league with me, you know that I love I love my tight ends. And uh, Last year I took Pitts with the kind of opposite of what, what happened last year. I had no running backs and Kyle Pitts at the 211. Now I have four running backs in Dalton Schultz. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, again, it's all about roster construction and doing things that other people aren't doing. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, yeah, like DJ said, a lot of this is kind of a dice roll. You, you take, you take your whack at it and, and see kind of way it works and what does work and what doesn't work. It's 10 or 11 rounds left too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you try and hit the, 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 the guys who are going to blow up for a week. Um, in there, but yeah, you're you're hoping that 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 core ten that we've drafted today, or twelve, or whatever it was, um, we hope that you hope that those guys stay healthy all year. They're going to be the ones leading you, and then you're just kind of plugging in the holes on the on the bye week gone. We we might have finished the draft today, but Doug and I have a four hour drive home. Um, definitely the, the the furthest uh, travel travel of anybody that was there. But well, the Chicago guy came further. Oh, uh, yeah, but he's staying right now. Oh, that's true. Uh, also want to give a shout out to uh, Fat Dad Designs uh, for getting us these shirts. Doug, uh, we got some stickers that we were able to pass out to some guys, so they're going to know. Oh, yeah, we got our awesome I Drafted stickers from Trophy Smack. Um, overall, it's just a, a really fun experience. Um, we hope to someday bring a Scott Fishbowl draft to the Quad Cities. I think that would be uh, a, lot of, a lot of fun. I think that, uh, like Doug, Doug was saying when we were on our way down, we're kind of a central hub for, for a lot of places, so um, hopefully we can we can do that someday. Yeah, we didn't win any of the raffle prizes because I'm unlucky and DJ's worthless, but um, they had some great raffle prizes as well. Uh, they gave away, you had your choice of an Xbox or a PlayStation. Um, you only got to win one of those, and then the other one got sent back to be auctioned off. Uh, they had some other things in there, some swag. Uh, we all walked away with like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt and a baseball cap. Um, but yeah, it was a re- like I said, it was a really great, uh, great experience. It was ran really well. Uh, it was a nice facility. The Wi-Fi worked, which was amazing. I was I was worried because I'm like, we're gonna go to this place, and it's, it's, we're gonna have like crappy Wi-Fi, or we're gonna have to do this off my phone, and because you never quite know the first time you go somewhere. Um, maybe that's a sports reporter in me of always worrying of if I'm gonna have Wi-Fi uh, wherever I go, but. Wi-Fi network was strong, went great. Um, everything went off without a hitch. Like we said, it was it was a really great experience. We enjoyed it going down there. Um, yeah. Did you have any final thoughts before we uh, before we kick off for the night? No. Again, thank you to Scott Fish. Thank you to uh, World Champion Fantasy, Happy's Barbecue. 
uh, Fat Dad Designs, our wives for letting us uh, be gone for an entire day to do fantasy football um, as a pregame to uh, us doing fantasy football for the rest of the year. Um, you know, I just it, today was a fun day. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's it's always nice to kind of be able to get out there and kind of interact with other folks. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, that was it great. Made me, it made me feel a little better, a bit better, even though I did travel. Uh, well, objectively, I wasn't the only person who left my kids for an entire day. Um, even my newborn child, there was somebody with a six-week-old baby at home. So uh, I, I, I don't feel like I let my children or my wife down today. So that's okay. You're still the worst. Dad in this car. Objectively. <laughs> all right. So with all that said, uh, thanks for everybody tuning in. Like we said, uh, we wanted to give you kind of our recap thoughts as we we're driving home, uh, just because we didn't have anything better to do in the car than make it worth each other, which we were going to do anyway. So we thought we'd might as well put that on YouTube. So thanks again for everybody watching. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe, and we will see you guys all when the regular season is ready to go. Thanks very much for watching. Bye bye.